part of that, guys. Damn. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you cling to the spirit. Welcome back to another wonderful Friday here in the beautiful Women's Glassberry Park. Woo! Woo! Yes, thank you very much. Tell me the ghost armor crew. I'm sorry, did I just take the intro? Hey, who here? Who here? Who here? Come in. Oh! I see. I see. I see. I see. Looks like we got some more guests. We got some more guests. Yeah, just how we at the stage real quick. So, so Ian, when you edit this, make sure to bring in the laugh track and like the woo. Yeah. All right, cool. Yeah. The clap track. That's why. It'll be very, very appropriate. Won't it? Won't it? Well, we got some. We got some guests. First, we got. Yes. So, welcome to Advice. This is Ed the Punk, brought to you by Only Punk. Don't listen to podcasts. With me today is Mr. Matthew Daniels, as always. I feel like a butterfly. And yes. Yes, baby. All right. We also have Spencer from Only Posers. How you doing? Hi, yeah, doing. Also, the, also the intro stealers. I totally yeah, no, dude, honestly, it was beautiful. No, it no, was beautiful. we need that sometimes. Okay. It was okay. beautiful. But yo, with us today are two very special guests who I've known for a minute, and or we are happy to have them finally at the lovely Ghost Harbor Creative. Drum roll, please. <laughs> Jeff and Ian Crespi. So, how are you boys doing? Ian, do you want to grab a seat up there? Yeah, I guess. <laughs> yeah. All right, so. Big crispy and little crispy. It's awesome. <laughs> but yeah, how you doing, guys? We're doing good. Good. Good to have you on the show. Finally, it's been a long time coming. So yeah, so Jeff, you are a uh, local photographer around here. You've been do- doing it for a while now. So how? Um, and also, you, Ian, are a local rapper and uh, beat maker. Yes, yeah, some. A little bit of everything, little which a, I like, you know, you gotta put a little spice in that, ba-bam, you know, so, but, uh, <laughs> Jeff, you've been photographing for a long time, how did you originally get into the art of taking photos? Uh, I mean, it's kind of a traditional story, I mean, photography was never part of the equation, it was really just me trying to find a father-son thing to do, and Got going it. to shows became that thing. That's so awesome. So, we kind of, I took him to, actually, he was this little kid that found, like, my Kiss CDs in the house. And he was like, I don't know, maybe seven years old with the giant headphones right. singing aloud to like Kiss Cycle Circus. Oh, that's and, great. John Lucci on the scene. More clap track. More clap track. So I'm like, you know what? Let me take him to a Kiss show. So we went to a Kiss show and we had a good time. And that's just, awesome. I think the second show was Motley Crue at PNC. And then Starland became a thing through my wife's job. And I said, let me go to Starland, check it out. It looked cool. And I started bringing him to Starland. And before we knew it, we were going to shows, I don't know, probably about 100 shows a year. He so was only like nine years old. So did photography come where we're like, I'm going to all these shows? Might as well take pictures. Well, I was taking pictures you were already, for fun, okay. just as you know, a little point-and-shoot camera. Were you doing that before shows? No, not at all. That's awesome. <laughs> not at all. Mm. Okay. And then about, oh, God, we were doing this for maybe seven years, about seven years, and then all the photographers at Starland were like, dude, why don't you just shoot the shows? Why don't you do this professionally? And I'm like, mm. we're just hanging out. Like, we were just more for the scene. Just having right, fun. No, we were just absolutely. meeting people every night and kind of checking out all these bands we've never heard of, right. different styles, different genres. It, I didn't yeah. even know what the hell ska was or anything right. like that. Oh, you know, boy, let me tell yeah, you. It's yeah. all Good kind genre. of like, Love I remember the ska. first time, That's I think it was Global Bordello. Like, we were hanging on for dear life. Some bodies yeah. were just flying over our head. What the hell? Yeah. And it's always stuff like that. Like, we didn't even want to know who the bands were before we got there. Yeah. That's, That's a great fun in the moment. That's a great way to get into <laughs> it. It was kind of, yeah. like, all about that. 
Because I find it funny, like, I've known who you are for probably around a decade, but, like, I've only formally met you, and it's, right. like, maybe a few months, maybe mm. a little less than a year ago. So it's, like, it's right. crazy to be here, because I've seen, I've seen so many of my friends' bands and other bands and just models with Jeff Crespi logo on there. Yeah. Like, I know that guy, and he yeah. does yeah. rock. Because Jeff Crespi rocks. <laughs> yeah, Jeff indeed. Crespi yeah, rocks. Absolutely, and I kind of have a similar story with that. I've known you for, like, probably over ten years by now, but, like, eight years ago, I was interning at the Stone Pony, and uh, shouts out to them. Yeah. Um, and yeah, you know, I was talking to you, talking about Slipknot, seeing them that past weekend. Hey. And yeah, I was just working there for a while, you know, under the table. If you're five, 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 oh. Yeah, no, I got that reference. Appreciate you on that. <laughs> it's Windows 95. Take a while to complete. Yeah, that's totally. We've got <laughs> that's what they, they did that song. Yes. <laughs> it's, it's a Slipknot parody. Hey, um, but yeah, no, totally. So, you know, and I've just been seeing you at all these local shows, uh, shooting all these great bands, and these bands have gone, and, you know, new coming bands, yeah. too, which is awesome. You know, you really support the local scene, which is, you know, back in the day when they used to have jersey shows with well, the yeah, battle yeah, of the bands and the whole point of what i did was i would go to those battle of the band shows and i didn't know any of them mm. i just went and spent 12 hours just taking pictures of all these bands yeah. and that's how i got to know a lot of those local bands and now fast forward to 10 15 years later it's the cool thing is what you just said is watching a lot of those bands evolve or change it up yeah. and mix and match into other bands. Right. And chronicle in the history. Yeah, so it's kind of, that's the cool thing. And I'd have parents would come up to me and say, I don't, you don't know me, but you shot my kid's band like 10 years ago. Yeah. Yeah. You know, that's and, awesome, and, and so that was really cool, you know, when, when stuff like that happens, that's really cool. Uh, uh, Ian, you, um, you know, how, how cool is it to like, be able to sit back and like have a dad that like you know has all this stuff <laughs> on file and like you know you like a band like you know I I used to shoot them like you know it's pretty cool yeah you get to hear a lot of stories I get to meet a lot of people nice um, it's, it's we we used to hang cool. VIP lounge upstairs in Starland he has pictures with typo negative biohazard we're good friends <laughs> with yeah. all those bands. You know, on that day, we would just be hanging out with and Dude, just chilling. That's so rad. Like, my dad's musical taste hasn't uh, developed past Woodstock, so it's so crazy to, like... Just to hear, like, a dad going to all these shows voluntarily, not me dragging dad. Like, uh, well, that was, fact, that the was kind of the whole point, was, yeah. like, the whole... For him, as a kid, hey. I, I always been diversified when it comes to everything in my life. Yeah. So when I started taking him to shows, it was all about that. It was like there were some shows we went to that were his taste. There were some shows we went to that were my taste, but we went together to every show. There were some shows where he didn't give a shit about being at, but it was just the experience and the mm -hmm. atmosphere that mm -hmm. made everything what it was. Yeah, for sure. And, and, and totally. I mean, it was just, you know, security guards and everybody was just so cool. And it was just, you know, they'd hang, he'd have signs. He was wearing a shirt that would say, you know, Starland Ballroom on it. He was the mascot. Hey, yeah, he'd have yes. shirts that he has, hey, like, every band <laughs> signs. You know, they were just kinda, it was, he was just wild. walking around with this shirt on that would became the focus right. of Starland Ballroom. It was funny. Yeah. I think we were talking about a uh, story about the security guards and Ian as a kid. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah, it was really cool. You know, we'd come, we'd hang out. He'd have signs made. I remember his 100th show that he went to was God Forbid. Oh, and he, oh, had, he wow. had a sign made up. And, my, and <laughs> we have a picture of him with the entire security 
uh, crew yeah. outside of Starland Ballroom with him holding up the sign saying, my hundredth show at Starland Damn, Ballroom. Oh, that's that's awesome. Damn, a lot of kids ain't been fired, man. Ian, that's Ian, so cool. Ian, how old were you then? Yeah, that's wow. awesome, man. Your hundredth show no. and you were twelve. That's yeah. what I'm saying, bro. My first show was like good shows. Yeah, no, no, bro. yeah. I, and he was, <laughs> no, honestly, so I probably had to be up to hundred <laughs> shows at that point too. He was, he was writing about all these shows in school. Like teachers yeah, were like, cool. teachers oh, were like, dude. what? But that's what an moment, imagination dude. this kid yeah. has. That's the like, it's actually take those experiences and then run them through like what you're learning. Yeah. 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 I can relate. That means you actually internalize them, like you know, and they made that impact on you. He'd be writing like stories about guar in school. Yes, yes, flew over me. A cascade of red. It was insane. I just want to see like journal entries of like a kid you open it and you see a story about guar and then like this this like cutesy color crayola picture of like guar with like red crayon everywhere red I, I remember stuff. actually I, I remember getting called to the school oh, shit. and uh, he drew already. a picture in one of his books that mm -hmm. another kid saw and it was Woo. a little um graphic it was a little nakedness and it's and hard. i had i had to sit there and i'm in front of the principal and I'm actually laughing. Yeah. <laughs> and the principal's like, do you find this funny? I go, no, but I know who it is. Like, I knew who the person was mm. that he drew. Ooh. Like, And it was because it was Ooh. like somebody we knew from the show. So it was kind of funny in a way. And I'm like, you know, he's like 13, whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 But yeah, but it was all things like that. And you yeah. know, he was cool and he never missed a day of school. He got up every morning and went to school. Me too, there was no yes. day that he ever said, I'm too tired, I don't want to go to school. And and that, like I was telling you, you know, the security guards would draw all over his body with Sharpies. He said, yeah. <laughs> oh my God, what he looked like when he so came cold. home. There was, you know, the general manager there would be like, dude, why is your kid sleeping on the bench? I'd be like, well, because we've been here six nights in a row. Like, Type shit, yeah. You know, like, <laughs> like, like, like that, but that's what it was about. Like, it was all about that. It well, was, just, yeah, it was like, just having fun and meeting people, you know. The American experience is so different for so many people. And it, like, gets categorized yeah. into, like, one thing. Like, that you have to be or you have to do or ha you have to raise your children. Like, and that thing's impossible for a lot of people. Well, you never know which way is the right way or the wrong way. Exactly. You never know how it's going to turn out. Yeah, like, you have, you, we got, like, moral compasses and, like, you know, we, they're good. Um, but at the same time, we have, like, the things that we need to do to get places. Yeah. You know. I mean, he's I, good now, but he put us through the ring up for years. Hey, 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 hey. <laughs> That's right. He was like, I need it. I need this, all right? I need that picture, all right, yeah. from, from the front bottom to our show. He did it to me, Dad, all right? I told all my friends at school that you had it. <laughs> uh, I know. I know it was vivid, but it's cool. Oh, yeah. You did it, go it, to it. It was definitely an experience that, you know, and my wife, my wife's so not musically, you know, involved. She's just like, you know, okay, whatever, like, just take them and bring them home. You never knew what we were going to, you know, how we were going to I mean, the first time we came home from a gua show and we stopped at the quick check and we were just walking in there with blood all over us, <laughs> like, like midnight, you know, and like yes. people are looking at us like, well, this is normal for us. Yeah, like we're just like this is. What like, are you looking at? Yeah, this is yeah, like literally yeah, it's well, pretty funny. Oh, you the thing most is that like it kind of like because he does take on our lifestyle, 
but now it's uh because you you do music now too, right? Right. So now you're you're out there like you know I know COVID's in the touring aspect is not not so much a thing, but um you're out there um basically learning how to um to move as a musician like throughout your whole life of being around uh whether it led you on a path to be a musician or whether you knew you were going to be, be a musician the whole time and now you have all these tools and all, all that to kind of like um really mentally deal with it uh and so and once again like life's different and it's so hard to know how to exactly raise a kid or you know how to actually navigate life as a kid like that's that's gonna make you um developmentally but if you can internalize your surroundings um and basically realize that what you need to do is learn how to grow and learn how to intake knowledge and you do that then you're gonna come out great um and you're gonna come out being good at that rap stuff uh, you know, uh, you know, being able to put your your feelings on, on the page. So, like, you know, um, tell some uh, about uh, some of your raps uh, or some of your music. I should say. I should just uh, put it in the category of rap. Uh, yeah, I'm not even fully into any of the genres classified as. Mm. Absolutely. No, I feel that like yeah. Uh, I try to I try to be a young uh, Matt rapper, and like I definitely started with some poetry as well. Yeah. And that's what uh, I feel like is missing a lot when you look at when the public looks at rap, um, and looks at rap uh, at a single lens, and that's mainstream top rap. And rap is like there's so many genres of rap that people just cast aside. Like, you know, just because they want this genre to exist and they want it to be able to judge something. Like, but there's people expressing themselves. There's so many different life elements that are being expressed here. Like, and such a street art. Like, such an underground art. It's, a lot of it's getting missed. And a lot of these young kids now, because it's getting missed, are going this mainstream route. And thus are going towards the heavily drug rap. Like, and all that stuff. Where, you know, um, like, that's not the proper knowledge or education that we should give kids for drugs, obviously. You shouldn't learn your drug knowledge from people. Like, I'm sorry. I'm sorry that I gotta say it. I don't know. I don't know. I'm the, sorry. The dare, the, dare, the dare program fucked it up. So, yeah. Like, that's very true. Jay-Z that is true. They fucked it up for no, sure. I want to see the I want to see the dare lions show up. Show up. Be like, sup, kids? We're gonna learn about drugs. What's up? Like, yeah, you well, gotta we, rap. We'd be you like, gotta, you gotta teach his, you gotta teach his kids. All right, the dare lion gonna, wasn't for Asbury. I'm, right. I'm gonna say, I'm gonna need, I'm gonna need you to dress up as the dare lion and do this for kids. I will. At least once or twice a year. You know, Wu Tang would come through Starlight. Woo! That's and, a, you know, that's we'd, a, be, that, we'd that be just sitting there hanging out. And, yeah, that's a group and, and, and you know, it was just the craziest scene in the world. You know, we we it'd be like ten o'clock at night, and the bus wasn't even there yet with the band. Oh, you, know? Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, it was kind yeah, of like they all just kind of roll in whenever they felt like. Exactly. You know, they chilling. I got a, I got a question. Wu people time, all right? I got that Wu people time. I got a question for Ian. Was it hard for you? to keep up with this like at one point you're like dad I want to go to the concert <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's getting laggy at too much I sugar I just want to stay home and play Minecraft <laughs> I shouldn't have had that not at all actually I no? just heard it to everything else 
Yo, right on. One of the one of the cool things at Starland was what we were doing. It, it became a quest. It became like how many consecutive nights could we go? And I remember we for the first time. I don't know. It was probably a couple of years into it. We literally was set up where we were doing six consecutive nights, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And bam, 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 I think bam, bam, bam. it was the third or fourth night of the six was the cult. Which is like one of my favorite bands ever. Oh, this story. Now okay. he don't, he don't give a this. shit about the cult. You don't know who the cult is. Because mm-hmm. again, like I I've said, we cult. went to everything <laughs> together, <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> he's sitting inside the barricade, mm. just like, you know, like a kid would. That's not interested. Right. <laughs> and yeah. I'm like, oh my god, the cult! Yeah. <laughs> and, and Ian Asbury, the singer of the cult, kept looking over at us. Yeah. While he's performing in front of three thousand people, oh, he's giving you the and, eye, and he's just, and I don't know. Then I'm like, maybe he's like wants to make sure the kid's okay. So I, I'm like giving him a thumbs up. Fucking sing, right? So he comes over to to our side and he reaches down to the security guard, who's a friend of ours. Who are they? Security guard says, "Oh, they're, they're VIPs. They're here every night. We're all good." Goes back to singing. Stops the show Ooh. in the middle of the 3,000 people watching oh, yeah. and, and proceeds to give me a personal service announcement hey. about being a terrible dad for dragging my kid to a rock show. He stands up, he grabs a water bottle, and he goes to throw a water bottle at the lead singer of the cult. Oh, oh shit, I didn't hear this. I point. grab his Whoa. arm. Don't do that here. We Dang. know everybody. Oh, we don't want anybody getting in trouble. Don't mess with Crespi. So no, did did yeah. the lead singer see that? Did the lead singer of course. see that? Don't mess with Crespi. I wanted to drag his legs out from under him. Hey. I was going to pull him off the stage. And so security guards come over to us and said, listen, Jeff, they're giving us a hard time. Just ask Ian to go off on the side and yeah. stay by us. So at the end of the night, That's when awesome they were dude. done, he came off the stage and he went over to him and apologized. He thought I was just some drunken dad well, yeah. that dragged my kid yeah. to a show and Thank said, just you, sit there you know. and let me watch. You know, okay, in all fairness, on the flip side, though, like, there's not many dads that just happen to go to uh, Starland every night and bring their kid every night. So, And I'm sure that band has probably seen a lot of stuff. Not cool still. Not cool to just yeah. assume Try that. To, yeah. and try to no matter what situation. And the next night we were back. That's hilarious. The next night we were back for Seven Dust. Hey, and yes. as we pull into the parking lot, here's the entire Starland Ballroom staff yeah. watching us come out of the car going, here comes the terrible dad! But it was all experiences like that That's a great that made everything we did really cool. You got to be yeah. a superhero really for a second. Cool yeah, thing, yeah, you know? yeah, man. As you guys are. So yeah, so it was a lot of fun. Don't no, do that in my sure. That's amazing. <laughs> So I see you happen to bring some of your uh, photos and books with Woo! you. Uh, you. Oh, yeah. Great photos if you'd like to show mm. everybody. I love show and tell. Yes, I do. So I, I don't usually school. print out photos other than maybe for myself, but I, I always had a few that I particularly liked that I would keep in the house if right. I ever wanted to hang them. Sure. But So these are just a few that I had and kind of one of my favorite bands ever, oh. Life of Agony. Hell, yeah. That's I Nina. love them. So that was really cool. Yeah. This actually was from the Stone Pony show that they did the last time they were here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and then it's kind of a 
One of my favorites also from the Stone Pony Summer Stage was Rise Against. Hey, one of my wow. favorite oh, bands. They're really wow, and that's shot. And one thing yeah, I love cool. about uh, Rise Against, um, the singer and is very good friends with Lou from Sick of It All. Oh, oh yeah. So a lot of the times when they play, Lou goes on stage. Yeah, and he was there at that yeah. show. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. What, do you remember what that's cover so they cool. played? They played a cover, I believe, together. I don't remember. Oh, man. It, this I, is uh, Lizzie Hale from Hailstorm. Yeah. One of my favorites, female fronted. Actually, I, I got to hang out with Lizzie for a little while back. <laughs> uh, Rockin' Robin from the uh, Rat Radio Station. Oh, yeah. okay. She was doing a little segment called Rocker in the Kitchen. Rocker in the and Kitchen? And they were using Starland Ballroom's kitchen, and they would have some of these performers that would come through the venue, and but during the day, they would make something in the kitchen. That food! And oh, I would, I would, oh, I would kind of do like, the behind-the-scenes yeah. pictures. Yeah. So I got to meet, actually... Um, there was a few cool segments with some of the. They uh, give you any I have to ask, foods? What did what did she make? Oh, I have to, don't remember. Oh come Most on! Most of the time it was like a stew or a uh, soup. Wait, so did, uh, throw it together real quick. I want to cook with the star though. Yeah, it was kind of, well, it was actually Robin's recipe, Ooh. and she would just have. And some of these artists were good cooks, and some of them were horrible. Yeah, you know. You know, it's just you know, but it was a cool <laughs> thing <laughs> to do. That makes sorry. sense because yeah. if I was like in a band, someone's like, "Hey Spencer, make food." I'm like, "All right, well here's cereal and milk. Enjoy." Can't mess it up, man. Actually, lucky charm. Leave a marshmallow for me. One of the things that everybody would always ask me when I would do like interviews would be like you know out of all the bands that you shot like what's the band that you've never shot that you would love mm -hmm. to do now because the first show I ever took him to was Kiss the obvious answer was always Kiss because that's what really started this entire journey and last year or two years ago when um, I got the opportunity to actually shoot Kiss at Madison whoa. Square Garden. Oh, oh wow! So that was really cool. Dude, drivers, wow! Awesome, <laughs> I have so. to like, how did you get close enough to <laughs> take that? How did you get close enough to take that shot? I had a photo pass. I was actually approved that's to come amazing. to the show. Yeah. yeah, that's yo. We yeah, got to be doing really be doing that shit. So this is Jeff Crespi. Yeah, excuse me, Jeff Crespi. How dare I even question my No, but like, like. Awesome. Like we are honored to have you. We are really like, honored to have you. Have you. I mean, that was cool. I mean, so a lot. You, you know, actually, here's here's actually Gene Simmons. Wow, that's a cool photo. So do you have to like submit a resume to like? Be well, sometimes technically yes. Yeah. It depends on who you're shooting for. If you okay. Shoot for a publication, a newspaper. Kiss just. I think it was more the personal story behind it that they allowed me to shoot it. Oh, right um, Based on the fact that you know it was it was Ian's first show and it was my yeah. dream to shoot them and. They were like, they, they kind of emailed me like a day before the show and said, mm -hmm. you're good to go. And I'm like, really? Like, really? Like, I was not <laughs> expecting right. them to say it was going to be cool. <laughs> you know, you just, so, yeah. you just send back an email with just a bunch of capitalized so, A's. And then I like yeah. to do, for, especially for the local scene, um, I love to make up like little coffee table photo books. And inside of it, it's just all Yo. like local bands that I've shot over the years. King Buzzer. Right here in Asbury and Starland. And That's a lot of your local heroes are in here. Yeah. Yeah. You know, all the bands that That's I've really nice. shot, you know, Battery Electric. And everything from, you know, the Stone Pony to Starland to all the other venues I've been to. This is awesome. Um, so, yeah, and these are just things I keep in the house. And I'll see do I know the top one. I see, That's, I see actually, Candace. That's Candace. That's Candace. Yeah. Sure, my, my I love this girl from Yo, Candy Cavity. Yeah. I've been Shout shooting her since she's a little kid. I know her parents and everything. 
That's crazy. That's awesome. Shot by Candy Cat. You know, uh, Mackenzie Brown, <laughs> Mac. Oh, yeah, you know, Mac. I shot cool. one of our first shows as a band at the Saint years ago. So, yeah, and these are just kind of my own little way of kind of giving back to the local scene by having these as a keepsake. You have know. you expanded <laughs> beyond with photography? Have you expanded beyond concerts and whatnot? I mean, I music is 99% of what I love to shoot. Right. Um, I do shoot events, but usually they're only going to be events that, in my opinion, are more visual or colorful, so to speak. Okay. I'm not a traditional photographer. I don't shoot weddings, engagements, unless it's a personal friend of mine. But I hate traditional things in general. Well, have you been at Only Posers event? Yes. You? Yes. Uh, yeah, you shot the uh, Only Posers Summer Bash yeah. at uh, SRP, R.I.P. Yeah. R.I.P. SRP. Going but not forgotten. Yes, have you been sure. to a cosplay convention? I have not. That is something. Uh, I have so many friends that are into that. To, I just don't to. get it, personally. You don't have to get I it. I just want to take it. pictures of it. It's beautiful. I, I agree 100%. <laughs> Visually, it's got to be amazing. That's right there. Yeah, that's what I was doing. That's Jimmy Law from Dogs in a Pile. I've been shooting him since he's like nine years old. That's so awesome. That's awesome, man. Yeah, once again, you're So, super original question that you didn't just spoon feed to us. Since you shot Kiss, what would be a band that you would shoot if that you haven't shot yet? Oof. Um, well, actually, to be honest with you, probably the band that I've been looking forward to, which, whether it would happen or not, and then this all happened, would be My Chemical. Yeah? So, uh... I had the pleasure years ago to actually hang out with Frank Iro at his house for a couple of days doing a private photo shoot behind the scenes for two videos that he was making for his new project after My Chemical Romance broke up. Right. I had the opportunity to go down there. His record label hired me, and I went to his house, and I spent two days there just taking pictures of him making these two videos in his hometown. Okay. Uh, it was really, really cool. He's one of the nicest guys I've ever met in my life. I, you know, his 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 in-laws were making me breakfast. You oh. know, it's kind of like so I know his wife, <laughs> I know his in-laws, I know his kids. So it's kind of so he's one of those guys that I really think is one of the the true, you know, not just musician rock star, so to speak, but one of the nicest guys that I've ever been around. He's right. very courteous. His family goes with him every show he does locally. He's always family oriented. Okay. So I really love that when you see that because you know we all know that some musicians could be. You know, pretentious. Yeah. So it's kind of, you know, and when you when you look up to somebody, especially when you're looking up to a certain musician mm -hmm. and you get to meet that musician one day and they turn out to be a total a-hole, it's the oh, worst yeah. feeling in the world. Totally. But when you meet somebody that you really like watching on stage and they're really cool, mm -hmm. it's it's a huge bonus. Absolutely. So, so, yeah, I mean, My Chemical Romance. I mean, I've shot Frank many times. I've shot Gerard Way, you know, a couple of times with his own projects. But okay. I've never shot My Chem as a band. For sure. Okay. So, one day soon, though. They'll, the shows will come back. <laughs> sure I, look forward to, I look forward to seeing that show through your eye one day. Cool. So, since I've been seeing you around Asbury Park for most of my life, uh, how has Asbury Park itself changed your life? Well, <laughs> <laughs> Asbury Park, to be honest with you, kind of gave me a life. Um, it, it's kind of one of these things where obviously Starland Ballroom is the start of everything for me. Mm -hmm. And I'll, you know, It'll always be that way. And, you know, there's nothing that could replace Starland Ballroom for what it meant to me. Um, but when I came out to Asbury Park, um, the cool thing was I started coming out to Asbury Park actually not too long ago. 
it was really only a little after Hurricane Sandy when I really started to come out here on a, on a kind of more consistent basis. Mm -hmm. The first time I was ever in Asbury Park was years before that. I took him to see New Found Glory at the Pony. Ooh! And to be honest with you, we did not have a great experience oh, because no. he was a little kid and we couldn't see anything. We were like kind of in the back by the back okay, car, yeah, yeah. and it was a little hot. It wasn't the greatest, uh, but anyway. But that, and because I, you know, Asbury is Asbury. I wasn't coming to Asbury, yeah. you know. <laughs> but um, and, and then I remember after Hurricane <laughs> Sandy, Starland Ballroom decided to renovate, so they were down for a year. Oh yeah. And I'm like, oh my god, what do I do? Where am I going? Well, oh my, and somebody had mentioned that Asbury had a cool music scene. Yeah. And yeah. I remember coming out to the sink, yeah. and <laughs> this young couple came up to me. Mm -hmm. Aren't you the guy that owns Starland Ballroom? Oh, shit. And I'm like, <laughs> why would you think I own Starland Ballroom? He goes, well, because you're there every night. You're hey. at every show. You're always up front by the stage. You know everybody. You always have this black shirt on. And I'm like, no, I just go there with my kid, and we just go there for fun and hang out. And, but what was weird was, because Starland was down, where do you think everybody went to see shows? Asbury. Asbury Park. It was Asbury the closest Park. place outside of going to New York City, really. So all, everywhere I went in Asbury Park, people knew me. They were coming up to me. You're that guy from Starland. Oh, my God. You're gonna, oh, my God. You know, and that's so when I came out here, people, would, they knew me. Everybody was coming up to me. Venue owners were coming up to me and saying, hey, you know, everybody's mentioning your name. You know, just, you know, come on in, you know kind of a thing and it was like I'm like really that's like wild. and that's kind of how it happened I never asked for anything I never asked for anything I never had a conversation with anybody related to a venue other than people just realizing who I was and what I was doing and appreciated it so much so Asbury Park means so much to me because they all embraced me as a family when I was um, airlifted to a hospital like five years ago I had uh, my plan, I used to have my birthday show at the Wonder Bar right, as part yeah, of yeah, Happy yeah. Mondays. My first one was at the Saint, actually. And um, I was airlifted to a hospital, and I ended up having brain surgery um, <laughs> literally like a month before my birthday show. And the next thing I know, the rat radio station was involved, and I was in a hospital bed. I didn't know what was going on. A friend right. of mine kind of put up a GoFundMe. Rat radio station got wind of it. They're all over the radio, and... The next thing I know, it's like my birthday show is now a benefit show for me. And, and I ended up being there for my birth. Like, I literally was only a few weeks out of oh. the hospital from having brain surgery. And I showed up for my birthday show um, early April. And it was really cool. And I remember, like, I was like, I looked like Rain Man. Like, I was literally so <laughs> out of it, you know. But I was like, but I was there. Yeah, like, I, I was like, no, we, we are not canceling this show. We are having this show, and we're going to all hang out. Amazing, man. Oh, yeah. Dude, that's so, so wild. That is intense. What an adventurous uh, life. Uh, I was going to say, Ian, uh, how has Asbury Park changed your life? Other than the family, the friends I've made and Absolutely, no, appreciate that. These these things for y'all, you know, for sure. Uh, who are some of your favorite local bands and artists around here? 
Yeah, or both of y'all. Ian, Ian, answer wow. first. Can start with <laughs> Ian. Yeah, Ian. Get in there, Ian, before. Yeah, come on, Ian. Before Jeff goes on a tangent. Jeff got stories. No, I know. I just got stories, and that's all you hear, baby. Should I go through the books? No, not the books. We need books, all right? I'm trying. Please don't spoil I love these books, too, just because, like, some, like, I... You meet people that have books and are like, oh, yeah, want to see my trip to Italy and stuff like that. It's like, oh, yeah, no, you want to see all the fucking bands I shot? <laughs> yeah. Maybe. But well, wait, I mean, there's more. He's always mentioned, like, I know he's a big Front Bottom fan. Okay. So he's always, and I'm like, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, I was just with the drummer yesterday. You know what I mean? Like, what the fuck? Like, what? You know, like, <laughs> I bought it, yes! Yeah, like, <laughs> you know? So, yeah, so it's kind of cool things like that. But I don't know, who, who do you really like? They were my favorite local ones too. Well, uh, I absolutely love Denton. Emily has been incredibly supportive of everything we do as well. Hell and yeah. so a shout shout her, shout out Matt. Like they are a cool band or down to earth band. It's really nice to mm-hmm. like have people that are really good at music. And really cool. As Jeff mentioned, when you meet them, you find out, oh man, these people are great. They're great at music and just great people. Yes. Uh, well, bec- and you, you know, you also look at my, my perspective is also how are these bands creating value? So I look at Dentist as one of those bands that has a great balance between people being people, regular people, and also being a band. Right. And I think that's a huge right. compliment so because you don't see that too often. It's either one way or the other. Right. So when you find a band that's kind of very good at figuring out how to be a band, how to be a successful band, but also how to be nice people and chill. Right. Yeah. You know, I think that's the beauty of it. One of the uh, members works at Seahorse, right? What was Anchor's band, a dentist? Well, Matt's the, 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 Matt's the, um, the drummer. Yes. So maybe. he's, he's yeah. actually worked for Madison – Marquette, he does some of the booking. He's oh. like the manager. Yeah, because I remember he meeting. Oh him. yeah, he, he yeah, booked we, were at, we were at uh, Alex Rosen. Shout out Alex yes. Rosen. Shout out yes, 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 Alex yes, yes, Rosen. Yes, yes. And if you want a show, go through Matt. I had yeah. a brief rugby stint, and we played a match on the beach, and then went to what was Anchor's Bend to grab a drink. Yeah. And then I got talking to him, and was like, "Yeah, I'm in this band called Dentist." I'm like, "Hell yeah, you're in Dentist." Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's, that's the beauty about this. Yeah. Yeah. I know. You just walk into anybody. Well, well, no, I got, I so right next to the Oyster Bar, you have you have Chad from the Cold Seas. Yeah, Ooh. shouts out to them. Yes. Yeah. It sounds like I need to go yeah. drink more. <laughs> Meet more people. Meet these people. Out. <laughs> it's the same thing. I was just trying to, oh, yeah, dentist. I've heard of you guys. It's called pretty sweet. Well, I'm like internally Ch- fan Chad, Chad actually wrote a song years ago that ended up on a Beyonce record. What? Wait, really? Yeah. Damn. Yeah. On the Queen record? Yeah. Wait, I'm about to say, I think I've heard of her. I yes. did not know that. <laughs> it, was, it was literally one of those stories where, you know, a friend knows a friend that knows a friend. Yeah. And it just Whoa. ended up getting yeah. to, to that last, last friend. Last That's insane. Yeah. Shouts out, Cold Seas. <laughs> I, I love that so much because the only friend of a friend stories <laughs> I hear are about Bruce Springsteen. I'm just tired of hearing it. Don't <laughs> <laughs> like, no, no, no. Oh, and but who could forget? You know, I, I, forget? I give credit where credit is due. Yes. He's a great entertainer, yes. and he does generate a lot of buzz for this town. So I give him all the Cat credit energy. in the world. But trust me when I tell you, when there's certain shows in the area, it is a pain in the ass of how wow. much my phone blows up. Light of, of day. You know, is he there? Is he coming? Yeah. You know, don't you, you tell day. me. Tell, no, it's a lot. Leave me alone. It's a lot. <laughs> <laughs> you jump alone. Literally, yes. 
dude, right? Give him the old bait and switch. No, he's not here. Guess who is playing that you should come out and visit? No, he's not here, but this other band's coming to play that you should see. What do you really think? I got him hiding in my fucking sack. That's right. This comes out. He's like, Tramps like us. Baby, we're damn Frisbee. You just have like a satchel that opens up and Bruce's face pops out. What's up? Bruce Springsteen. I don't even know what Bruce sounds like. I actually wanted to funny when Marky Ramone. Marky Ramone played the pony with Andrew Andrew WK was the singer. Wow. Um, and they played like 36 straight songs without taking a breath. i never seen anything like it that, in my life. Marky Ramone was just drumming like a fiend. And um, show's over. You know, he goes in the green room and then they come get out to his driver. But there were so many people outside like wanting him to sign stuff. Yeah. And he, he was. He was very gracious. He was signing oh, cool. a few things. Maybe five, ten minutes. Then he got in his driver's car. And he was still signing a few things out the window. And then just as he pulled away, I hear him say, what do these people think? I'm a goddamn rock star? Like, and I'm like, uh, you are. Like, yeah. you know, well, you, you are. <laughs> but, you, but you never know. Like, you look at some bands, and we put them on pedestals. Yes. But you got to remember that they're just human beings. Mm-hmm. There was a day. band, one of my favorite bands back in the early days of Starland, was a band called Kill Hannah. Cool. They had the song, yeah. remember, Lips Like Morphine? Um, uh-huh. One of my favorite songs. Anyway, they, they came out one night. They had laser lights off their guitar Ooh. necks. I'm like, oh, my God. Like, i never seen that before. Yeah, I'm like, spectacle. this is awesome. Wow. And he was like these, these emo dudes, right? Mm-hmm. And then they get off the stage. And I'm like, I, like, went over, like, to, like, pat the guy on the shoulder, like, to say, man, that was great. And he was so timid. He, like, jumped back. Yeah. And I had to realize, like, you know, they get on stage. Mm-hmm. That's their thing. Yeah. That's their adrenaline. But when they're not on stage, they're just human beings. Yeah, dude. You, you don't know how they're going to act. You don't know what their personalities are. Well, it's like the first time you see, like, your teacher from grade school in the grocery store. You're like, wait, you eat food? Yeah. 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 <laughs> yes. Wow. You make these people gods. Remember, uh, when we, my, you know, in my day, most teachers were, like, 80 years old. Right? Like, <laughs> now they're like, you know, they're wearing leather pants. They're like, and I'm like, where were they when I was that age? I mean, they could have worn leather pants when they were 80. No one's stopping them. So. That's right. That's right. Yeah, we make these people look like some gods. <laughs> right, you know, and it's, we, like, we have Jeff Kresge yeah, here. Yeah, no, he's Jeff Kresge's like, face god. Like, Jeff Kresge <laughs> is better at his job. I'm going to say this. I'm sorry if I offend you, Jeff. <laughs> Is better at his job than Gene Simmons is. Okay. Sorry, Gene. Hey, Gene. It sounds, like, it sounds like we're going to need you to come on the podcast That's right. to rebuttal. <laughs> yeah, so, uh, you should have that. You won't. Have your people talk to my people, and as in me. He beats me in the tongue ring. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'll take word for it, yeah. <laughs> 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 I'm, I'm going to need written testimonies. <laughs> Ian, you might want to close your ears. I love your stories, Jeff. You're just full of them. And I just want to thank you again. We're going to definitely have you on for a, a second time. Probably infinitely, honestly, because we love you so much. We and we, we love your continuous support for the local music scene. And just the tri-state area in general. You're all over the place. And yeah, Ian, like continue uh, your music career, and I want to see you fucking go up, 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 hey, baby. We're about to see. And we're about to up. see that go hey, up, up, up in a second. Yeah, Only yeah, post yeah. his own flex. Yeah, you already yeah. know. Yes. All right. So uh, I would like to ask an advice question, and my advice question is: What advice would you give anyone trying to monetize or live off their art or make their art a business? 
Okay, so this is awesome because, you know, I have this conversation with a lot of people. Ooh. I even had it with one of one of your guys from um, from the Shark River Playhouse. Well, well, oh, what is, okay. And, uh, okay. You know, the problem <laughs> that I see is, you know, everybody's out there doing their thing. But how do you establish value? Right? You can't establish value if something is so oversaturated that you're just circulating amongst the same people. You know, whether it be creative art, whether it be music, how do you establish value? I remember somebody telling me, and I'd watch this with the band. You'd have a band that would come play a show, right? And you get that one band that says, you know, I got these demo CDs and just throw them out, take them. We don't want any money. We just love playing. That's cool, mm -hmm. but you just devalued everything you do. Yeah. doesn't mean that you take it personally mm -hmm. because it depends on what you want out of it. Well, what you do, but, right. but I remember someone telling me, you know, if you're selling stickers, right, put a price tag on it. When somebody comes up to the table to buy a CD and you want to give them a few stickers, by all means do so, but put a price tag on it because it shows value. It shows right. people mm -hmm. that you're developing value. If you give away everything, mm. then half the people aren't even going to listen to it. They're just going to throw it in their car or on the street. Oh. So establish value early mm. on is the best way to do that. Now remember, I started <laughs> off doing what I'm doing for fun. I was shooting for seven years before I ever made a single penny. Right. I put in my time to build my brand. I was willing to do that. But at some point in the game, you have to figure out where that line is to make a decision if you want to make it a business or you want to keep it for fun. Now, I've had been very blessed that I'm kind of in the middle. Hey. So okay. I, I, could, I could enjoy everything I'm doing but still make a little money because hey. I never made it into a full career, mm -hmm. but I do have an established brand that generates enough for me to make money doing what I do. Right. Very cool. That's awesome. That, that, that's yes, that's a great advice. No, you know what, that's totally fair, too. <clears throat> I've had moments where I gave friends, like, stuff, whether it be a tool that I don't want anymore or a bicycle or whatever. Use it once, and I come over, and I see it, like, tossing the bush. I'm like, cool. You yeah, know, but there's, like, you know, there's gifts, right? Give gifts, right? Love. Uh, but when you're making this art and when you're, like, taking the time to do this, like, um, do not undervalue yourself. Uh, not only in the capitalistic uh, instance, but in the instance of like you're taking like you're taking a piece of yourself, like you're taking all the time that you've earned this and all the hardships that you've been put through, and you're putting it on, uh, and whatever vessel is going to contain it. Um, and so if you're giving that away, um, you don't you know don't not only not put a price tag on it. Sorry for all the negatives there. Uh, but also make sure that you put the right price tag on it. Like, you know, if you got a piece of art that you put this amount of time into, uh, go through the factors of, uh, how much, uh, film costs or how much your drumsticks cost, you know, and, and how much you spent. You put it into hourly. How many yeah. hours did you put in that? But, ah. but the other side of that is, here's the key that I learned. I remember when I first started, there were a few photographers on the scene doing this for a living. Okay. And I reached out to some of them to just get an understanding. Not that I was trying to make it a business at that time. I was just very curious of what it was all about. And one thing I learned, 
that everybody is different. We all have different personalities. And you have to allow that side of it to match your personality. Yeah. So when we talk about value, that could mean something very different from each person to another. That's so when you say put a price tag on it, it doesn't mean the same for everybody. Absolutely Listen, not. I, if I look at it, if I'm sitting in my bedroom drawing something on paper that takes me 10 minutes, yeah. is that as valuable as somebody who spends 14 hours in a studio that they're renting? It, it wouldn't be, That's but how, how, much time, how, how much time have you spent but the, drawing? But I, I get it. Yeah, you know. But I'm saying, but that's how I view it sometimes. Because I, you know, I would, I think something is worth more money. Obviously, if somebody is paying for something to learn. Yeah. But if you're not, I'm not saying it's not valuable. I'm there's just no saying it's, value I'm there. just saying there's got to be some understanding or level of understanding how to do that. You know, oh, absolutely. If I, right. if I was going to sell something to my friend that I just drew up in five minutes. Not going to sell it the same thing that I would sell in a store. That's you know what I'm saying? So yeah, there's got to be some understanding of, of that concept. I feel like I feel like you. I mean, not that I know how you draw. You might be a madman at it, but I feel like your bailiwick is different. Like right. I feel like yeah, you go, like if you took the even if this picture took you like five seconds to do, that's what you've been doing. Yeah, like so it's, if, it's you, all, if you like were I doing said. that like that drawing, like if you like. Spent your life like going to drawing conventions and stuff like that, but and they it still has to fit your personality because at the end of the day, you have to feel comfortable with what you're doing. Thank you. You know, you have to wake up every day, be proud of what you're doing, yeah. and you have to go to bed every night, put your head down on that pillow, and feel good about what you did for that day. Yeah, or else what it's like, right? Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. So everything got to fit into your personality and how you perceive life. For sure. So one more reason I think you should go to the cosplay convention, y'all. Not just necessarily. <laughs> no, no, no. I have. A, there's a legitimate reason. Don't you laugh at me? There's a legitimate. No, I'm just kidding. What Pokemon? Would I do? Yes, go there because you love the Pokemon. You tell us. That's the other advice question. Actually, at a lot of, it's what Pokemon would you be? We'll get, we'll get to that in a sec. But no, but in a lot of these conventions, there's panels where there's discussions, and I've heard a lot of things about how video games played into uh, psychology. And how a soldier with a Game Boy Advance had to pocket, but a lot of things that I'm l hearing from you are either things I've learned from or just piggyback off of things I learned at conventions. And I think it's really cool just hearing that in this setting rather than being surrounded by a bunch of people dressed up as cotton and what their favorite thing, which I also love. But <laughs> it's, it's just interesting because, like, this is the first time I'm really getting to know you beyond, like, a hi, how are you sense. And it's in the same sentiment that you said about artists, meeting them, and finding out they're awesome. It's really cool to know that, like, this is the gentleman behind the camera, and this is the person doing it. So I just want to say I appreciate that. Thank, Thank you. you. I appreciate it. Yeah, and we appreciate you being here. So, Ian, uh, you have some things with us with got some stuff. Kyle, with you got some stuff. You got some stuff. You got some stuff. Jeff Crespy. Jeff Crespy. Jeff Crespy. Jeff Crespy. We love you to the moon and back. And thank you. Yeah, I'm going to get up and give you a hug. Well, I don't know what else to do. Bridge it out. This is COVID safe, guys. Well, we're getting our test on Sunday. We're getting our test on Sunday, yes. Yes, we absolutely are. So, real quick, what's your project called? Do you have a project name for uh, it? It's Me, Myself, and Crooked at this point in time. Crooked.id.ch.church. Uh, awesome. We're going to take a second and we're going to set up. And, All right. Uh, yeah. Yeah, we're, so we'll take a uh, quick breather. Yeah. All right. So, yeah. And tap. And tap. Right on. All right. Let's set up.